0: Hi, I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. Join me every Wednesday for open, honest, and real conversations about change, transformation, and resilience to inspire and empower you. This episode is sponsored by healingways.com. Find verified wellness professionals and holistic health resources at healingways. That's healing w a z Our time of birth was an answer to the question of the time. A quote by Vanessa Kudo, a past guest and mutual friend of me and my guest, Michelle Lasley's. And Michelle's interpretation of this is, I believe we all have a purpose to be here. And part of our life's path is to unlock what that is, the exploration. And she is living her purpose. Michelle is a mom, social justice advocate, artist, coach, educator, and sustainability guru. At the age of just 11, she learned that our world needed saving. From that moment on, creating a sustainable world became her mission. In this episode, she also shares a couple easy to do things that you can do to help starting in your own home. She's a huge believer in co-creation in all aspects of life, big and small. Michelle believes in order for us to change the world, to co-create a better world, a world that works better for all of us, we need to work together. Hence the title of all her work and her podcast, Balanced Shared. She says, we need to raise people up, heal ourselves, model the healed behavior, and ripple that out. And I couldn't agree more. I feel smarter and more balanced just from having this conversation. And I hope that you will get as much out of it as I did. Because truly, we are all better. Together, Information on how to connect with Michelle will be in the show notes if you'd like to know more about her and her work. So first of all, Michelle, I want to publicly apologize for standing up the last time we were supposed to do this. And like we were just talking, you said your belief and my belief are similar, that kind of everything happens for a reason and it's perfect time. But... I did totally mess up the last time. So this is the second time. We've been waiting and waiting, and I'm happy because this is actually your first time as a guest on a podcast. Thank I forgive you, you completely. <laughs> I know you do. I just, I don't like to let people down, as yeah. I'm sure you
1: understand. Well, here's the thing. Last time I had an appointment that ran right up against, mm-hmm. but had been the rescheduled time. And this time, it's been a much more flexible afternoon.
0: Everything in its perfect timing. Exactly. Well, thank you. Okay, so now I've kind of switched things up. And I like to just start with some icebreakers. And because it really is about connection. And I want people to feel like they feel more connected to you as a human, not just a voice on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, I'm gonna ask you a few silly questions. What's your middle name? Lee, L-E-E very oh, specifically. That's my sister's middle name. Spelled the same way? Uh-huh. Yes. Is is hers also after your great-grandfather? No, but it's after my dad. Oh. Also from a male family member. That's awesome. Okay. My
1: stepbrother's middle name is also Lee, but I don't know where they picked that because, you know, stepbrother and I don't think I've ever asked.
0: Well, now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. And where did you grow up? Michigan. Michigan. Okay. I had no idea. How Mm -hmm. did you get to Portland? A boy. (laughs) Is the boy still in your life? (laughs) Emphatically no. Oh, okay. Ooh, there's more (laughs) of a story there. All right. We'll have to talk about that on another episode. And then let's just say that money wasn't an option and COVID stuff didn't exist where would you go right now? What's your dream vacation? You're shaking your head like, what? <laughs> no, I um, <laughs> you said, no, I didn't have to think about it. You said oh. if money were
1: no object, yeah. palm trees and a sandy beach came up and then someplace <laughs> in the Pacific Ocean. And um, I want to say Tahiti or Fiji mm. or something. So that's where I'd go. Oh,
0: nice. Have you been to either of those places?
1: Never. Me and actually, have you ever seen the movie Moana? Yes. Right. And so she looks out into the vast ocean Mm -hmm. and I actually got a little like, oh my God, I don't think I could handle that much water around. Like I like my streams and my lakes and I like Uh going to the Oregon coast. I love going to the Oregon coast. But we have this solid land well, sort of solid, (laughs) pending earthquakes, right?
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) Solid for now. (laughs) Solid for the moment. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So I actually grew up on an island in Alaska, Oh, oh yeah. and I've never thought of that. I never even thought that that would ever be someone's thing. But I'm sure you're not alone in that feeling. Mm-hmm. It was never weird to me to be surrounded by ocean.
1: Right. And as a Pisces sun, yeah. I love my water. I do love being in water, but there's something yeah. about that vastness. It was, it's almost like the vastness of space. I really like this tangible Earth that we have,
0: you know, I actually don't like open water, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I kind of, so I understand that. And the vastness of space, although just beautiful and mm-hmm. just amazing, is a little bit terrifying to me yeah. personally. Yeah, there's like a, a loss, like an emptiness,
1: the, and and I, I like the connection we have with the roots here, where it all comes together: the land and the water and the trees. Mm, that's a perfect
0: segue into the next question. <laughs> And you didn't even know it. But yeah, you know, there's no grounding in space. And there's really no grounding if you're floating around in the middle of an ocean either. Uh (laughs) Never thought of it that way. (laughs) So yeah, so you were talking about Earth and land and just being there, the trees, the roots. So I first wanted to talk about your love for not only people, but the world and how caring for both, I mean, obviously go hand in hand, a sustainable world. It's kind of like a mission of yours and and you're quite an advocate. And you also said when I was 11 years old, I learned that our world needed saving. That's Mm -hmm. huge. Our world needed saving at 11 years old. So tell me more about that. Sure. So
1: I tell the story often and I'm going to actually tell it in a different way a little bit. I'm going to back up. So, I grew hope. up Catholic. Uh, I also believe that we have an opportunity to have a merging of the divine feminine and the divine masculine. So, this is like me saying, reconciling with all the sins of Catholicism and all mm-hmm. that, okay? <laughs>
0: yes,
1: yes. Okay, so I grew up Catholic, and mm-hmm. one of the things that you're taught is, what's your um, calling, right? And in the, in the framework of Catholicism, it was like, are you going to be a priest or are you going to be a nun? Well, <laughs> yes, I want to be a priest. I would love to be a priest. That would be so cool. Yeah. That's way more fun. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, counseling people, helping people, Mm -hmm. sharing, you know, these insights and wisdoms feed the ego a little bit, right? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I'm Catholic. I can't be a priest.
0: (laughs) How dare you for even thinking that? (laughs) How dare
1: I? So now as an adult, we'll Uh get back to the 11 years old in a second. I will work on claiming priestess. Mm, Nice. Yes. There's another conversation there. But anyway, Mm -hmm. I like it. So calling is kind of like a seed percolating, right? And then mm-hmm. then my mom got remarried and my aunt, and I, I talk about this on whatever I put out there, but my mm-hmm. aunt Betsy, she actually only spent five years in Portland. So part of my like coming back here was like, high five Aunt Betsy, right? <laughs> and she's definitely <laughs> like one of my cool liberal aunts. So she gifted our family a book and it's hanging out right over there. It's called 50 Ways You Can Save the Planet. And so that's oh. where the saving, right? 50 yeah. Ways You Can Save the Planet. What? I'm, you know, 11th. Okay. What, what's up? We have, you know, okay. There was a drought two summers ago. Was that, you know, just like all these questions mm-hmm. start. Then you get into sixth grade and they're talking about pollution. Well, when have we been polluting, I asked. And and he said, well, since forever. We're like, what? There's a disconnect here. Since <laughs> forever. No, since we started like fire, you know. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. But there's a disconnect. So mm-hmm. this book has 50 things that you can do. And it had suggestions like, don't cut your lawn more than two inches high. You know, so like, don't go really low. Um, if, when you're If you're watering your lawn, put a tuna can or a cat food can out in the yard and measure it so you're not over-watering, right? So it had like those kinds yeah. of things. And and that sort of directed the path, right? So then, you know, fast forward a couple years, you land into high school. We're very similarly aged, right? Mm-hmm. So this is in the 90s. And yeah. uh, do you remember those fundraiser shirts? They Like one? the ones that we, we had were like, you could buy... Organic cotton shirts, and remember, like they they weren't bleached, right? So they were like that sort of creamy off-white oh, color. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yes. And they said like save the coral reefs. I don't know if I remember that, but again, I grew up on a, in Alaska on an island, and I always right. feel like I've been left out of a lot of stuff. Sure, sure.
1: <laughs> so at least in my little space in Michigan, yeah. uh-huh. in the Bible Belt of Michigan, was where uh-huh. I landed in my growing up years. Okay, we were doing these things like pay attention to the earth right mm-hmm. like when I was in middle school so then going back a little bit um a friend and I were like we need why are we wasting so much stuff we had like these styrofoam things and all those stupid plastic sporks and all that for the yes. launch room. and like so we actually worked to get recycling in our school and it didn't happen while we were there it happened when we ended up in high school and I ended up coming back probably for like a sibling's uh sports banquet or something, mm-hmm. right? And uh and they had the system set up. Yeah. So that's that's where it came from. Just from that book from Aunt Betsy. From that book and it sort of opened up those yeah. the things and then paying attention and doing all those things. And then, you know, we fast forward a couple more years. So yeah, it was a boy that got me here to Portland. But I would be remiss to say like maybe it was really that movie, um the one with Bridget Fonda in the 90s and uh, they're in Seattle, right? Like, don't ask me for names of anything. That's fine. <laughs> I think it's the one called Singles, maybe. I think it had one of the mats, the dark haired mats. Yes. Was it just called Singles? I think it might have been. But they totally, you know, idealized It was like a grunge, right? Oh, like, totally. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yes. Campbell Scott was trying to like do the monorail. Everybody mm-hmm. loves their cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really, it was like, oh, there's this place where, you know, I don't know. That was like sort of the Pacific Northwest fantasy. And yeah. then the boy became the vehicle to get me here whatever. So then I'm here. And then it's like, okay, so that ended. Cool. Now what am I going to do? Go back to school. All right. Mm-hmm. And and then at that, that time, I was able to land on the, the wording stable state system, which I got completely from Ernest Callenbaugh. Ecotopia. And then Ecotopia, later I read Ecotopia Emerging, which is a funny book where he makes fun of himself in Ecotopia, but it's got like more of like a roadmap if you wanted to follow that in like different ways that you could like get people on board believing in this whole sustainability Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And so I knew then like more clarity, peel another onion on your back, you know, so it's, it's stable state. I was having lunch with a colleague. I worked at a Portland place, concrete mausoleum place. um, And this was in somewhere in between 2003 and 2004 and I was having lunch with a coworker, and he I couldn't understand why he was in construction I had this instance where he was explaining to me like I had one of my jobs was to write in all the invoices of the project system mm-hmm. and I was like why do we need so many drills I And mean, he's like oh it's cheaper to throw them away what <laughs> I felt like I was gonna throw up when uh-huh. he told me that like it yeah. punched me in the gut it's so, like why in the heck would Anybody choose to be in in a whole industry where it's built and centered on waste Mm -hmm. while you're developing this thing. It made zero sense to me. So we're at lunch and I'm like drilling him. (laughs) Drilling him? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you doing this? Why? Well, and I just kept asking why. And he's like, Well, my dad was in construction and my grandfather was in construction. And I was like, Oh, that's so awesome. So then of course then he's like, turns the table, so Michelle, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was in my mid-20s at the time, and I was kind of like just given the same BS answer as always, mm-hmm. like just, I don't know. And I had this sort of out-of-body experience where it was like myself, and I'm looking down at myself, and I'm like, honey, that's bullshit. Total, total BS. And I said, I want to educate people on the importance of a sustainable society. Wow. And I said that for many years, and it's uh-huh. shifted, the language has shifted a little bit again. Yeah. But when I said yeah. that, the next couple months, Portland State offered the Sustainable Urban Development minor. And so then mm. I was able to take all the credits I had earned at Michigan State and wrap them up into this thing and then focus on the one thing. Then they launched, um, it's an invitation to do a sustainability tour in Italy. So then I was able to tech off the sustain, um, study abroad thing. Then that happened like maybe a year or
0: two later. Yeah. So fun. Somewhere in there, you also became a mom. Right. Shortly and after that. Right after that. Okay. Shortly after that. So obviously being a mom changes us in so many ways. Now, how old is your son? He's 14. 14. Okay, fun. Just into the teen years, (laughs) how has becoming a mom not only changed you, but also your mission and the work that you do? I have come to the conclusion that we
1: women, mothers, Mm -hmm. need to work on our healing, stop playing the victim, own our power, and when we heal ourselves... So, like, I mean, there's, you may have experienced this as a mother. Mm-hmm. You're like, I want my kid maybe to be emotionally mature maybe compassionate, maybe, maybe show up with generosity, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And then there's like a moment where you're like, oh, gosh, I model that behavior. Uh-huh. And so that's kind of like those realizations. And, you know, it wasn't like a, in a moment, that realization took probably years, right? Mm-hmm. We need to work on our own healing so we yes. can model the behavior that we want. And I firmly believe we're constantly co-creating something, either passively mm-hmm. or intentionally. And so I want us to intentionally co-create something together. And so that means intentionally intentionally getting in touch with our own healing doing our own work and however that works for you so Mm -hmm. it's authentic and for you right so then not only are we modeling doing our work to those around us Mm -hmm. as we raise up our vibe or our emotional frequency or our emotional iqs or however whatever language lands with you on that and then we model that outwards then i think then the byproduct of that will naturally be caring for the environment in a holistic way
0: Yes, beautiful, yeah, because you're right, we and I always say, you know, healing the world is part of holistic healing, yeah, because you're, we are always co-creating, like you said, whether co-creating something bad or co-creating something good, and we're hoping to lean towards the good, yeah, yeah for our children and for everybody else and their children, our neighbors aren't yeah. you exactly everybody, yeah because we, we are all connected. Yeah, I hear you talk a lot about the co-creating. I think that's oh, awesome. You put it out there. <laughs> oh, good. I think people know it's one of your things. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, co-creation. <laughs> it's, co-creation. One of my it's one of her things. And so when I asked you about one of your favorite quotes or philosophy, you shared one from our mutual friend, Vanessa Kudo, who was a guest on a past episode and I'm not going to talk about that one because I'm going to put that in the show notes so other people right. can read it. But the other one that you said is this too shall pass. That was uh-huh. what you first said. Oh, that's right because I filled out two forms. I filled yes. out two forms. So I merged the two. Yeah. So I want to know why you chose that one. I mean, that's one I personally say a lot. I got it from my mom. I totally believe it 100%. But you're my first guest that said, this is my philosophy. It became clear to me when a friend said it when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I
1: was like, oh, yeah. And what I really landed on is good or ill, this too shall pass. Right. So like, so you could take it as an invitation to be intentional and present in the moments that we're in. And I'm like, like, say my kid is in a speech tournament, he Mm -hmm. does a really great job, like love and enjoy that. And it's not going to last forever. Right, yeah. so cherish that thing that's beautiful, joyous moment. Carry those memories with you. Maybe learn from them. So when the next thing comes, then you're like, you can go back to that joyous moment. Or let's say you're having a really <laughs> terrible day because mm-hmm. you forgot to put a link in a thing, or
0: yep. <laughs> Or you stand somebody up for yeah, your podcast,
1: right? right. <laughs> <Yeah>. like whatever. <laughs> like this too shall pass. And and I love looking at astrological peace, you know. And I love to turn to our friends like Vanessa or my friend Diana Fontes for. Like the astrological wisdom, and Mm because they can dig way deeper. But so, like, you just look at the moon, right? That's such an easy easy one you know it's the new moon and then three days later it's different Mm -hmm. and it just keeps changing right and so just like the stars in our sky keep changing and we can use that connection to then just re-ground us like Mm -hmm. we're gonna get different energies we'll have a new perspective on another day we can
0: try again tomorrow yes oh that's true yeah see i've when i say this you shall pass i've always you know used it during the hard times but you're right about the good stuff too. I mean, yeah, parenting is a great example. You know, your son's 14 and you remember when he was a baby and my son's 24. I remember when he was a baby (laughs) and it just seems like yesterday. Things aren't constant. They change all the time. So Mm -hmm. to just know that when you are going through the hard times and to know that when you're going through the good times, I like that you pointed that part out. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely talking about the the stuff that's not so good that she'll pass <laughs> how has this last year been for you and your business and your family uh, business keeps tricking along and, yeah. and so,
1: so that has been okay. One of the great things is the, the husband and I have, we able to center in on that. I get to go to coaching school. And so we made that a priority. So I'm finished. I'm working on coaching school right now. I love to learn. I'm a total bibliophile and I love that validation you get. And I also love when experts come together and share their wisdom. And, and so that that's the stuff that I enjoy getting out of coaching school. And mm-hmm. I'll eventually get my ICF um, accreditation as well as what I, what is ultimately what I'm working towards. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. I'm, a, I'm an introvert.
0: <laughs> Me too. Part of why we're usually we're, we're the podcasters. We sit behind a screen behind a mic. <laughs> and I am um, person at a
1: time, very much an empath. Mm-hmm. And uh, some sometimes, you know, the only energy I want to worry about figuring out is mine and my family's. Mm-hmm. So when everybody was kind of forced to be at home, it was kind of a breath of fresh air.
0: I can't, you know, I feel that and I understand and I feel very fortunate, you know, like you probably feel as well, because we have a lot of friends that are extroverts. We know a lot of people that are extroverts that it wasn't, it was completely the opposite for them. But yeah, I feel the same. I'm like, oh we like are forced to spend a lot more time together and to not have to worry about, I mean, honestly, for me, like networking events and all the things that drain my energy. I love people, but people for too much does drain my energy. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys had a lot more, good quality time together, it sounds like, and you enjoyed yeah. it, that yeah. home time. Is there anything over the last year that was that was super hard, super challenging that you had to overcome? Watching
1: um, the distance learning thing is, is complicated, right? Like on yeah. one hand, there was a really great space for my son to be able to transition and flow in a way that works really well for him, but the, mm-hmm. the lack of access to be able to get those answers that he desperately needed for school and seeing how his anxiety played out too is always just heartbreaking. Yeah. And so what what I see is I, I always go up into the big, the global. I feel like there's a space where we're still collectively not taking this opportunity to really revision how we could be doing things. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, So as far as me, I mean, there's, there was some definite challenges, you know, with communication and whatnot, and you got to relearn that always and Mm -hmm. um, within, you know, our, our familial unit. Yeah. But we're we're in we're a, well my son's not an introvert he's very much an extrovert and but but the way that that sort of played out so he had less access to friends we were able to finally key into like one friend who has a real similar lifestyle to us but like mm-hmm. there you live a little bit further away so that's that has always been a challenge friends from school live a little bit further away and and so it just takes some logistical planning always to get him to be you know with and so then yeah. you had the global pandemic so that was probably the other hardest thing is the massive amount of screen time I'm not like a huge like I don't really care on one hand I love computers yeah. we're on our screens and mm-hmm. all that all the time yep. but it's like everything in moderation and just
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's not naturally included with my husband and Colin, both of us indoor cats <laughs> So it takes a little extra to push him to uh-huh. do something outside, and and I'm not that person. Probably one of the hardest things is to, to watch that. But yeah. really, like the the lack of the global, you know, and this this drive to go back to normal.
0: Yes, like, normal didn't work before, right? Oh man, I, let me get out my soapbox. Wait, this is your this is your interview. <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel I feel you on that one. I'm like, come on, was normal working? No. Yeah. Why do we want to run back to that?
1: Yeah, I'm probably one of the, the the rare ones on the other side where I was like, just kind of a mm-hmm. breath of fresh air to be in quarantine.
0: <laughs> you're you're like you're you're wincing like <laughs> yeah. ah. Well, because we're afraid to say that. I think yes. sometimes you know because so many people, it was so hard for a lot of people. I do the same thing when I say that. I always say it with like a wince because I'm like mm, sorry, but I mean for you know challenge, parenting challenges. You and I both shared that for sure. Even though th- it was a breath of fresh air. There are times I'm sure it was challenging. Yeah. You know, the lack of socializing for ch- our kids who aren't as introverted as we are.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, those panic moments too, when, you know, yeah. the first bit and you're like toilet paper and okay, <laughs> fine. The toilet paper, but then the beans and <laughs> the rice, like, so there was some, some definite panic right. moments, right? Yeah. my, my side is we restocked our pantry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My daughter actually just asked recently, Wasn't it weird that we were running out of everything a year ago? Why couldn't we get toilet paper? Why couldn't we get... She was blowing her nose. So why couldn't we get tissue? Those are all very good questions. (laughs) It was very weird. The same
1: thing happened in Tokyo in the earthquake. Mm -hmm. The exact same thing. That's what I heard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're a weird species. (laughs) That's really what it is. (laughs) So you've already talked about some highlights of this last year. Um, And I love that you can see that because that goes back to your philosophy. This too shall pass. You were taking advantage of those unexpected blessings. And in fact, one of the things you said on, I think it was your Facebook page, possibly, um, you were talking about when your son did get to go back to school and how it was such a strange transition. Yeah. So that's actually,
1: I I tend to be, um, look on the positive. So I, Mm I pivot, as you've noticed fairly quickly most times. So things have smoothed out and he's gotten more into it. But that first day back, that was rough. You know, so I read years ago, there's a there's a developmental thinking that kids are in equilibrium, like things are flowing well, when they're kind of aligned with their birthdays. And they're in disequilibrium, generally speaking, when they're at their half birthday mark. And it shifts a little bit as the kids get older, So, Levi's birthday is in February. So, the half birthday is right when school usually starts. Mm -hmm. So, that usually means the beginning of school is rough. And as he's gotten older, it's shifted and gotten a little bit easier. And it validates the decisions we've made to keep him at the same school, same small school with the same people. And, you know, uh, so it's a familiar community. But still, Mm -hmm. the beginning of the year was was always rough, like getting back into the transitions. Got to get up. Got to do the things. You know, I want him to have a certain number of chores done because that's... And when those chores are done, then things move move smoothly, more smoothly, right? You know, Mm -hmm. like the night before getting that prep. So the morning goes smoothly and it's just so much friction to get that. Mm -hmm. And then then you turn into like the nagging and the reminding and whatever and um, Mm -hmm. not an enjoyable space at all. And so we did that the first two days back in distance learning. And again, not really caring so much about the screen time. Mm -hmm. Like he actually gets up before I do. I tend to be more on the, the wolf end of the chronotypes. So I like mm-hmm. to kind of have a slower wake up time and whatever. And um, I still tend to prepare his meals and things and get that. So um, he can do some things, whatever. But um, mostly it's like me getting something prepared or arranged in some way. Mm-hmm. And he's fine to wait. So that meant he would get up somewhere between 6 and 7, and then his default is to go play a video game. You know, log in his computer, play a video game. Well, as soon as school starts, like, in, in, in the, when he's going to distance learning, I mean, our commute is 30 seconds. We mm-hmm. run up the stairs, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, who cares if you're playing a video game? It doesn't take any time to run up the stairs and get on your computer, really, yeah. right? But now we have to, like, plan for getting to the pickup line. I have meetings sometimes that start at 8 o'clock, and so then you got to get back home, and then you're back to that normal Normal, rush, 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 rush. And yeah. that was that was hard. And then you send your baby off in like frustration, there was no hugs, you know, that despondent that sadness that comes over and it just breaks yeah. your heart. Ultimately, I said to him, like, uh, after Tuesday, doing the same thing, I'm like, there's somewhere in there, there's a choice being made to have a grumpy day. So like, Mm. can we make different choices?
0: Yeah. So besides making a different choice, what were some um, things that you started doing on the third day and beyond that seemed to help? It was saying that was the biggest thing. That was was okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, because the same things, you know, like I turned on all the stupid reminders, like I have all these ridiculous alarms on my phone, right? Mm -hmm. 725. We've got 15 minutes to leave 730. It's 10 minutes, whatever. It's you know and and when you consider like anxiety or ADD or ADHD like mm-hmm. those are tools in that toolbox to help manage time and various aspects of that fit in some piece to all of us in our house yeah. so while it is helpful i much prefer that flow where you just flow in and out so i guess maybe for me saying that to him to make it a choice i'm hoping Good. too like we can honor those times
0: that mm-hmm. where it is tough right like yeah. what what are the lessons here to learn I hope that I can handle it like that come we're not going back till September and I hope mm-hmm. that I can handle it you know when you you posted that it resonated so deeply with me because I have been able to recognize all the wonderful blessings that have come about this year and I'm just like whining and complaining a lot I mean I'm a fourth grader so I have to like re- I have to sit with her a lot and it's I have a lot of passionate missions in my career and and I have like 15 hours a week max if I'm lucky to work on those right. things, right? Oh so, yeah, that was the biggest thing.
1: Right. So like in the before time, yeah, when Levi was at school 8 to 3, that's 6 hours a day. Yes. <laughs> Twenty-four hours a day that I can, or a week, yeah, that 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 I can have my podcast recordings go have those connections and networking. Yes. And I, I actually I forgot about that. That was the biggest painful thing. Yes. for me was like <laughs> me too. Um, and <laughs> yeah this year it shifted. He needed way less math support. Nice. So she shifted how she did. His, t- his teacher shifted how she did math. But then it was every day between one and three or one and two, we had to sit next to each other and we had the whiteboard on our thing and, you know, following the Khan Academy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> halved. True. So from 24 hours in a week down to 12. So 15, yes. 12, mm-hmm. whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. That was, So that for me was super painful as well. And I did a lot of whining, but, and I still do. And I will for the, and I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there in the public right now. I will continue to whine. But I also- it's told not them, fair. It is not fair. <laughs> but when you posted that, I was just like, oh my God, I, I don't want to go back. No, <laughs> I don't want to go back to that rush, rush, rush routine. No, I don't, want, I don't want to, you know, wake up now, breakfast now, get ready now, the 15 minute reminder, the rushing out the door, then somebody forgets something, you know. Ah, uh-huh.
1: thank you don't for forget sharing your mask. That. Where's your lunch?
0: And mask, yeah, <laughs> lunch, everything. Ah, just thinking about it is exhausting. But I hope that I can handle it in the similar fashion you did. Like, just put it out there to the world, and you put it out there to your son that this is a choice. You're, you can act like this. You're choosing to act like this. We're choosing to be stressed out about this. You, what do you think made you like this? Have you always, have you always felt like that? Oh gosh, I'm,
1: I'm going to my mother,
0: mom. Yeah. You're getting the blame. <laughs> She's going to listen
1: to this, too. So shout out to my mom. (laughs) Yay!
0: What's your mom's name?
1: Virginia. Virginia. Oh, why did I get like this? Probably she had said something to me similarly when I was in sixth grade, probably. Sixth grade for me was hard. Oh, me too. Super hard. Me
0: too. Me too. (laughs) I'm not one to dwell on like those, you know, I know people that are like, oh, all of high school sucked or all of middle school sucked. I'm like, nope, I can pinpoint sixth grade terrible. <laughs> there was there were
1: aspects to high school too that felt really lonely and yes. you know like I hadn't well, and, and now I see, because like, okay, again, some, I'm very open about my age. I'm 43 at the time of this recording, right? Well, oh,
0: that's right, because <laughs> you just turned 43 not very long ago. Yes, in yeah, February. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. And uh-huh, I uh-huh. We will be 40, I'll be 43 f- till October. So right now, we are both currently the same age.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so you're we 43. The same age. We do. 43, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, now I have the hindsight of, and it'll be so cool to see, like, what wisdom comes when we get into our 50s, mm-hmm. and then our 60s so excited and I can appreciate being 43 now right mm-hmm. we'll honor the silver hairs that are coming up yes at the time you know what sucked in your you haven't found your tribe or your mm-hmm. people or whatever word you you want to use there your group that yep. gets you and uh, you know you fed the story that well a, a piece of the story that I was fed was like high school is the best years of your life you kidding me
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope not <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, you and hear that? Yeah, I am
1: friends with a, f- a few uh, high school. F- pals on, on Facebook now, mm-hmm. and I love having watched how people have, have evolved, mm-hmm. you know, just grown up, right? And, yeah. and not that anybody was necessarily malicious at the time, but, like, we didn't necessarily either connect either, mm-hmm. because they had their groups and their interests, which were different than mine. Yeah. And at the time, it felt so lonely, right? Yes. And And then, like the challenge with my son, he has this literal logistical challenge to be able to go to be where his friends are, because... Not Nobody in this household is comfortable with him just riding his bike off more than a mile mm-hmm. to go visit his friends or whatever. And so there's like a, in the same, like it was logistically challenging for me to connect with the one or two people that I felt were like I really resonated with, either because they were busy and they had their things or, or there was an activity or my mom was working and she couldn't drive me, like just literal logistical challenges. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now as an adult, somebody um, looked at my a different astrologer, looked at my chart and noticed that she was a pet past life astrologer and she made a comment that I traveled a lot in my past alone and Mm -hmm. you know whether it was you know just in my growing up years or some other thing I never went back to her to find out more about her her insights there but Mm -hmm. that knowing just helped me to sort of make peace with that too I don't remember what your question was now
0: no that's (laughs) oh (laughs) I can I can remind you. yeah I mean this kind of ties into it because I'm just saying like how I was asking Mm -hmm. how you can continue to be so positive in challenging times and how you can recognize that everything that that we are doing throughout our lives and our days is a choice like our attitude is a choice and you said you got that from your mom probably yeah you know and again going back to that sixth grade and then reinforced
1: with the various things you've you read over the years and the people you tune into and Mm -hmm. yeah for sure definitely a reinforcement
0: Yeah, yeah. And I like that you mentioned the people you tuned into. I gain so much from the people that I interact with, whether I actually talk to them or not. But you know, through reading through podcasts, that's the point of this podcast. Um, And I think that's sort of the point of your podcast. I wanted to ask you to tell my listeners more about your podcast. I love the name. First of all, I want to start with the name Balance Shared, why you chose that name, and then tell me more about your podcast.
1: So I call all of my work Balance Shared. Mm-hmm. And if you go to my podcast page, it actually says a podcast. So Balance Shared, a podcast. So, But I truly believe that we are better together. And when I tell people this, I get two images in my head. I'm fighting with my sister <laughs> over the din- dining room table. Okay. <laughs> there was a sorry, Stacer, you're getting called out here. Um where we couldn't agree on the sound level of the radio while we were doing our homework. And, um, there, there may be a scar on my hand from that. We'll just leave that there.
0: Oh, sisters.
1: <laughs> I love my sister, Stacy. I love you very, very much. Please don't be too pissed off at me for sharing this story
0: <laughs>
1: or the secondary image is when I'm arguing with my husband.
0: Oh, okay. So, So, why do those images come to mind when you think of you think balance better together? Better together, yeah, better together.
1: Because we don't always get along with the people closest to us, Mm. let alone anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, think like your typical corporate work, right? And your boss says you want to go one direction and you want to go in another direction. Mm-hmm. And there's maybe a communication breakdown or maybe there's some other bigger challenging thing or whatever. Yeah. But I still truly believe that we're better together. So, like, take the organization, for example. When you're within an organization and you have a team of people working on a thing, you can accomplish some really cool things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I spent, um, I'm not going to name the, the nonprofit, um, the, I spent many years Working at a nonprofit whose goal was to clean things up. Mm, okay, and um, we'll leave it there. So okay. at the time, one of the things that they did was work on like invasive plant cleanups. Have you ever done, yeah, like, an ivy
0: cleanup? I have not done it, but I am aware that it is a thing. Yeah, that it, <laughs> Portland area, especially all of Oregon, needs a lot of help with, right? So different nonprofits that
1: do similar kind mm-hmm. of work in line with that, but so like let's take an ivy cleanup. English ivy is an invasive species here mm-hmm. in in the states, and you know, England, hence its name, mm-hmm. is fine. Yeah. But what happens with invasives is they tend to take over an area. There aren't natural predators to keep it in check, uh and then with English ivy, like the birds will come in and they'll like do their thing, and then they'll like grab the, the different seeds and things, mm-hmm. and then it'll transport it. So it. Prolific. it goes everywhere yes and it can strangle trees it can do all sorts of other things look up English ivy, and I'm not an expert on it
0: um, or if you're in the Portland area just look around and see what yes. it's doing to our trees and everything yes it's yes 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 okay so get a crew
1: of people so you choose one day we're mm-hmm. going to come together Saturday morning and we'll work eight to ten just a couple hours maybe eight to eleven you get a crew of people you feed them some donuts and some coffee that have been donated right you bring the tools and you take this place that has been overgrown with ivy and then you've got your crew 20 30 40 people and then within a short span of time it's all clear Nice. we are better together yeah yeah when we're focused on a mission and centered on a mission you know so then let's say there's a oh i wanted that shovel i was gonna you know mm-hmm. work it out you get recentered to the mission yeah. and you
0: clear the english ivy gosh i wish more people thought like us <laughs> what a wonderful world <laughs> ego, ego. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, just if, if that was more of everybody's philosophy, if we could mm-hmm. all just understand that. And I love that that's what you promote. And you know, it's been the tagline for this last year. <laughs> they stole your tagline. <laughs>
1: Well, I stole it from other things. So there you go. <laughs>
0: shared. Because we're better together. We're better we together. can all share that. Balance shared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also want to chat about, you had mentioned that you co-authored a green guide. I did. Yeah. And I helped another one too. Very yeah. cool. When was this and is it still something that's out in circulation?
1: Yeah. You know, funny. I was um, trying to get the link to it on my website the other day and my website had a malfunction anyway so it's it's uh this goes gets credit to an advisor professor i worked with um at portland state mm-hmm. and her name is deb tollman and so if you go to debtolman.com you can get one there but or if you look for the tollman guide on my website you should be able to find it there I should have a link to it and i was trying to make it really easy and accessible when all of a sudden my website went <laughs> <and Yeah. laughs> so i'll fix it over the weekend whatever um, <laughs> So so I had found the sustainable urban development mm-hmm. minor and so then I was able to take some really great courses through urban planning at Portland State you know and Portland's such a fun place to learn about those things and track and document because it, even if it doesn't execute the plan very well and um there's there's an ideology there of you know we have we we have our stories of like stopping the mount hood freeway and things that are just sort of core to the culture and uh or you know being really proud of getting curbside recycling you know early being early adopters for that or our plethora of trees i mean we have a nonprofit called friends of trees for crying out loud Mm -hmm, right like mm -hmm. you know our these things are just part of a, a lot of the oregon ethos and again execution it takes um people reminding people (laughs) what the Mm -hmm. mission in culture is and so there's always work to be done to continually refresh that so it landed on the sustainable urban development you know minor and i was taking all these courses and then one of the courses i took was through the geography department and i think it was on natural systems well the normal teacher was on sabbatical so i got deb and she wanted to do it in a little different way this other gal had a law background and had i guess taught it very you know maybe pragmatically i didn't Mm -hmm. have her so i don't really know but Deb wanted to do it in a different way. And there is a really great book called Nature Services that was written around that same time in the early 2000s. And that book is premised on a bunch of scientists were drinking wine in their Arizona home and wondering why uh, people, adults, didn't understand science. And they. Kind of landed on like we we forget or we maybe didn't have a really great grounding and they wrote this book nature services that split up nature services and a couple different uh, so the class uh, was tasked with choosing a service like air water, soil, biodiversity, processes, Mm -hmm. and I'm forgetting one or two, uh, and doing a whole research during that entire term that we were there. So we had to find some really great books. We had to find a whole bunch of articles, maybe some web services um, to, like, teach on what that service was. At the end of the class, there was 20 or 30 people in the class. We had over 800 resources. So what the book was is a distillation of those 800 services into an annotated guide to help you be sustainable at home.
0: Perfect. My next question was going to ask you, I would like, you know, some of your easiest top tips for someone at home listening What are some ways, but you know, not without, let's leave out, you know, volunteering and going and cleaning up ivy and (laughs) all that wonderful stuff as well. But like, yeah, what can, what are some simple things that people can just start doing? Sure. They hear this podcast. So
1: uh, indoor air pollution is still a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. So anything we can do to keep toxics at bay. So the easiest thing you can do is buy a spider plant the very easiest thing you can do okay, buy a spider okay. plant because they they clean the air then you're going to add some greenery in there and there's a connection to nature that can help improve your mental state right mm-hmm. secondary thing you probably have white distilled vinegar in your home it's mm-hmm. um most people have it it's actually chemically made in a lab but it's at a dilution that's very safe you know less than 5% people often um like growing up in the midwest you use it in your your salads and things right you mm-hmm. like cook with it a lot i don't tend to cook with it so much uh uh cuz i've you know i I don't know, got the West Coast cooking vibe or something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) So now it's apple cider vinegar. (laughs) Right, exactly.
1: (laughs) You could use apple cider too, but it has a little bit higher price point. So when you're thinking of affordability, you're two and a half-ish dollars, you know, for a gallon of of white distilled vinegar. And I want you to make an all-purpose cleaner. And this is what you're going to use. You're going to do one part water and one part (laughs) white distilled vinegar. Done. There's your all-purpose cleaner. Mm -hmm. If you don't love the smell, I would encourage you to use a high-quality essential oil. And you can, you know, and there's there's cleaning benefits that oils have as well. You can talk about that later. I used to use um, pure lemon, but I don't like the sticky residue. And so that's why I love yeah. being able to bring the essential oils into it. But just that one-to-one ratio right there. And then use that to clean up your countertops, to wipe things down. You know, can work it on for sticky residues, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You, you don't. Now, I will admit, I do have a small thing of bleach in the house. And it's been around for a long time because every now and then the tub really needs a different level of deep cleaning that the vinegar just doesn't quite have the oomph to get yeah I agree so buy a spider plant make Uh an all-purpose cleaner
0: nice so I have tried the all-purpose cleaner um with the vinegar and like you just mentioned I don't like the smell I love essential oils I've been into them for most of my life thanks to my mom so um do you have to add a lot of essential oils to mask the Uh smell of vinegar oh gosh so, I use a
1: 32 ounce thing, so I might not mask mm-hmm. it as well. Um, and you, it's still with 32 ounces, that's a lot of liquid, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I would be free to add 40, 50 or more drops of oil. Oh, okay. And I would use like a citrus oil, which tends mm-hmm. to be on the lower cost.
0: Nice, nice. And yeah. I will mask that vinegar smell. Yeah, and, and I now, that. you know, like. It'll still smell not, like vinegar a little bit. because
1: <laughs> it's, <'cause> it's vinegar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That's okay. The snow goes away. It fades. And Um, if you feel like you need a
1: little more oomph, um, one tablespoon of all natural soap. So, whether it's your all natural dish soap, or Mm -hmm. maybe your Dr. Bronner's, or maybe you have a hookup with another pure castile soap liquid, that would be good too. Nice.
0: Awesome. So, pure,
1: you're not adding the added, like, and we're talking about pure essential oils, not fragrance oils. Mm -hmm. Like 100% pure essential oil. Nice. And if you have a question about what that is, ask me
0: or Amber about that later. You can ask Michelle about that. <laughs> she I think is well is way more versed than I am. I have just been using them. I feel like you spend a lot of time educating yourself on essential oils yeah. and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> You have educated me and I'm sure my listeners are at this point are going to be feeling the same way. I feel smarter already. Um, Because we're better together. (laughs) We are better together. And on that note, before we say goodbye, do you have any parting words of wisdom? Trust your path and, and like
1: make peace with it.
0: We'll leave
1: it at that. Yeah, that was perfect. That's perfect.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for doing this. This has been a lot of fun. Hey, thanks for listening to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. If you have your own inspiring story that you would like to share, please go to my Instagram account at thedragonflymama. Send me a direct message and we will set it up to chat. In the meantime, have a wonderful week and we'll be back with a new episode next Wednesday. Take care.